On today's Locked On Jayhawks, we go over the Kansas crushing of Missouri on Saturday in Columbia. You are Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnson, thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and hit us up with any questions in the comment section there or at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. You can also hear me on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, Kansas just absolutely mauls Missouri and an impressive win what it means, breaking down the win, goats of the game, goats of uh, the week, I guess, for, for KU basketball. And then uh, we'll also give into uh, some of the, the rest of college basketball across the uh, other of the top 25. Today's episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. At LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Kansas comes down with a 95 to 67 win against the Missouri Tigers. And it was just an absolute beatdown from the word governance. A game that you never had to worry about, you never um, really stressed about. And you know, sometimes as far as, you know, rivalry games go, that can be the best way for, for it to happen. It reminds you to do a lot of the game last year. Kansas just jumps out on top to an early lead, and they never looked back. Uh, there were a few moments where, you know, Missouri would, would maybe hit a three or something and cut it to 12 or 15, where it's like, okay, maybe are they going to go on a run here, go on an 8-0 run to make it interesting at the end, and they never did. Kansas just cut them off seemingly each and every time. Um, so absolute beat down from the opening tip for the second straight season. Uh, certainly it was, it was, you know, you almost, I'm sure for some of the players enjoy that one a little bit more from getting to hush the road environment. I know there was stuff that came out uh, that you had like the Missouri head coach holding up for football, holding up a sign saying five level one violations. It's like, dude, you just skirted playing Kansas in the Liberty Bowl. Have some, have some self-awareness here. Uh, they gave out like cheat sheets to the Missouri fans about you know how to root and what chance to do and stuff, which always is just kind of lame to begin with, nonetheless. And yeah, like nearly 30-point victory for Kansas. Just everything clicked in the game for KU. The offense was rolling. They did have a, a just kind of a few weird turnovers in there where the guy, you know, just hits the uh side of a player just thrown out of bounds somebody wasn't looking for the ball uh, they had a few of those but overall they took care of the ball pretty well especially considering Missouri came into that game number one in the country in steal rate albeit against lesser competition but everything was clicking the offense was rolling you shot the ball really well from two point and three point range I mean the start to that game shooting over 70 80 percent but it, it wasn't just like Kansas is hitting these ridiculous shots to, to get to that 70, 80% mark that they were through the first, whatever, 10, 15 minutes of the game. Like they were getting open shots. They were getting open looks from the outside and they were getting easy shots around the rim. Uh, Bill self said that they executed the first 10 minutes about 
but as well as any team he's ever had execute like a stretch like that. And, you know, just getting easy buckets, finding right angles, sealing guys off. It was a masterclass on the offensive side of the ball for Kansas had 24 assists and you really thrived in, in a tough environment against a team with a lot of hype like that clearly I think resonates for once you get to big 12 play, there's going to be some tough environments you're playing in. You know, whenever you go on the road, you're going to be the team with your target on your back. You're the defending champs, your KU. And there are a lot of really good road environments in the big 12. That's a really good sign that you were able to handle that. And it didn't really bother you at any point in the game. Now there's another level of does the crowd bother you late in the game? If it's a close game that you didn't actually get to figure out, but that certainly was a good sign there. Defensively, they looked pretty good too. Missouri was averaging over 90 points per game coming in. Again, with the caveat, very bad schedule that they had played against. Um, but really at no point did Missouri go on like a long run. And, you know, even a guy like Grady Dick, who has struggled at times or, or been a little inconsistent there on the defensive end this season, like he was solid on that end. You just kind of put the clamps on him. They shot right at 40% in the game, which you would have taken coming in. They didn't light it up from three-point range. You didn't let their offensive rebounding become a problem. You just played good defense overall, and I do think that does go a little bit back to the idea that you took care of the basketball pretty well. Like I said, there were a few head-scratching turnovers, but even those weren't live ball turnovers at least, which is the easiest way for Missouri to score. They're a really good transition team. They play fast. They get easy buckets off of turnovers that lead to layups and dunks and open threes and transition. By avoiding some of those things, you kind of cut them off and made them have to play more half-court, and they're not as good of a half-court offense and you were able to kind of take advantage of that. Um, Kansas, I think, just overall really matched up well personnel-wise to what Missouri wanted to do. I mean, you look at this Missouri team, and it's a uh, I don't know, small ball kind of lineup with Kobe Brown at the five. It's six foot eight, and even the the Noah Carter kid, they're playing him at the four, occasionally at the five at like six, 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 seven. So it is a small ball kind of lineup, and I think – you saw Kansas match up well because that's how Kansas plays with KJ Adams. But I, I think in general, that tells you that like if you're in the NCAA tournament and you happen to be matched up against a mid-major team who plays a small ball five who can stretch it from three. Like in some years past, we've seen it like perfect example, right? You, you think back to, um, I don't know, VCU or Northern Iowa where you have these maybe teams who can stretch the floor a little bit and you have maybe more of the traditional lurking center down low and it causes you issues. Now, obviously, um, that was like a decade ago and, and a lot of different things are different from there, but it just it, it makes you more matchup proof, I guess, is the way of, of saying it, that you do have that small ball five. And if, if one of your traditional centers can come along to where you can feel like you're matchup proof for the, the, the traditional big man, then that'll be a really good sign. But I, I think that's really important, especially because there are a lot of teams that are going to play smaller in that regard, and KJ matched up very well there. Um, but now you look at possibly a trend here. The last three games have been against, um, you know, I don't know, subpar opponents. Like in the case of Seton Hall, that's maybe a borderline NCAA tournament team. Same for Missouri. Like they're both in the top 65 on Ken Palm, but they're neither one is like top 40 teams where you're like, oh, they're for sure NCAA tournament team. But they're kind of on that fringe. Like, I don't know. They're they're interesting, right? And the other one was against Texas Southern, who is not good. Um, so you know, take it with a grain of salt, but you're still talking about games in the last two where you were favored by 10 points and you were favored by three and a half points. 
and you combined to win those two games by 54 points. Like that on its own says something about how good this team can be and that they are playing really good basketball at this point in time. Truly, the Indiana game is going to be the best test of how they can fare against top competition. Um, They passed the Duke test, but Duke's been kind of up and down, kind of weird since that win. Uh, They haven't been bad, but I don't know. I I think it's a team in in Duke that that win's going to look a lot better in February and March when maybe their young team uh, is clicking a little bit more she put the test um you obviously did not pass the the tennessee test against uh, another really good opponent um but i think kansas has clearly shown they can be dominant against lesser teams which is obviously very important for good teams to do but now the question comes up on saturday and ahead how can they do versus other elite teams which you get a chance to showcase as soon as this week all right just to see Second, we're going to get on to our goats of the game for Kansas. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to go in. I know I have the LinkedIn app on my phone where I'm easily scrolling through, seeing what other people are up to. You can see what jobs are available. You get notifications on it. And it's super easy to apply to because you already have with LinkedIn, a lot of times on your profile, you're already uploaded resume and some other info that it makes it super easy to apply, which means you're going to get more offerings if people think it's easier to apply there. And it's super easy To create a free job post, just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You want to finish the year strong and finding another team member to help you, whether it's at the cash register or with sales or with marketing, anything that you're looking to hire. You want to finish the year strong, feel like you have that momentum headed into 2023 so you can have an even better year next year. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Kansas takes down Missouri once again, 95-67. I'm sure that won't get old for anybody hearing that. Um, we're going to finish up with uh, a little college basketball talk around the country. The The number one team in Houston just lost. So uh, we're going to talk about that in a second here. But uh, goats of the week. Let's start with the good goats. Plenty of good goats. I just lumped this all together. We'll get to them in each individually too. But the the starting five, just as a whole, the starting five, unbelievable for Kansas. And uh, they they pretty much did all the production and, and did all the work. I mean, you had a game where all of them played over 30 minutes. They were all between like 32 and 33, except for Kevin McCuller, who was at 28 to so right around it. And they were dominant. Uh, KJ Adams. I mean, the guy plays so hard. The the one play where he like falls down to like save it uh, or keep it in bounds or whatever, and it goes to Dewan, and then he quickly gets back up, and then Dewan dumps it off to him, and he dunks it. Was I think such a a pure example of what he can bring to the table. And this was a good matchup for him with a opposing center that 
was a, a bit smaller. He ends up with 19 points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. He went nine of 11 shooting. This is also back-to-back games where KJ hasn't had a bunch of defensive rebounds. He had three on the defensive glass, and that's something we've, we've talked about before, but you still actually done okay defensive rebounding because the wings have stepped up on the defensive glass. So I think it furthers the idea that you need one of two things. Either the other wings have to be really good defensive rebounders or your center has to be a good defensive rebounder. Last two games, it's been the wings, so it's been fine. But if that dissipates from the wings, then all of a sudden you're left with a bit of an issue of the the KJ Adams defensive rebounding thing. But KJ does everything else that you could want there. Obviously, doesn't have like a back-to-the-basket game. But we've seen a, a little bit from him and being able to take a dribble, catch a short roll, pass it out. He ends up with three assists or finding the right guy or taking a power dribble and, and finishing through contact. Uh, being in the dunker spot, catching lobs, throwing down jams, 9 of 11 shooting. And maybe the the most important thing that he did in that game consistently was that he constantly was getting proper angles and basically sealing guys off. It doesn't sound like a huge skill. skill. It almost sounds like something that just like is manufactured by other people. And to a certain extent, it is. You have to have the right pass in there and get the right angles and movement around the floor. And the coaches and Bill Self do a great job at creating that. But really, to this point, we hadn't seen the KU centers execute that super well of creating that angle where they seal off their defender and just get an easy basket because of the angles that Bill Self and the offense provides. And that's an easy way for, I don't know, four, six points at the center position a game. And we saw KJ do that very well against Missouri, which is a great progress for if he doesn't have a back to the basket game, but he can be a good pick and roll guy. He can dunk it. He can throw down lobs. And if he can do that, that is enough for you to have at the center position, I think, offensively. Jalen Wilson, 24 points, 10 rebounds, three steals, seven of 16 shooting. So efficient there, 24 on 16 shots. And uh, it's it's just funny because Jalen was not the standout player of the game, not in terms of having the most points or having the most rebounds. Like he did both those things, but like everybody looked to KJ Adams or Grady Dick in the first half or whatnot. And this is kind of the, the, the biggest signal of a player who is like a national player of the year candidate in games that they're not necessarily the guy who we're highlighting or talking all about. They still have unbelievable numbers. 24 and 10. And everybody's talking about KJ Adams afterwards, which deservedly so for KJ. But like that's where we've gotten with Jalen Wilson, that he is just so productive and so impactful that it's almost like Patrick Mahomes. We like rarely talk about Patrick Mahomes where it's like, oh, we just know he's really good, right? That's kind of where we've gotten with Jalen Wilson. Uh, Grady Dick, especially in the first half here for the starters, had 15 in the first half, 16 for the game. Also had seven rebounds, five assists, kind of filling up the stat sheet more than uh, maybe usual there. Six of 11, three of five and three. He could not miss to open up the game. Really thrives in those environments, and, and that was cool to see. Then you have Dewan Harris. He goes for six points, has nine assists, also added two steals. He was in complete control of the game. A lot of what K.J. Adams did well and ended up with is, I think, in, in large part to Dewan Harris being able to open things up for him and make good passes, crisp passes, and, and keep the offense engaged and locked in. He just keeps everything so organized for this team. It's unbelievable his impact on the floor, even though the numbers, again, don't necessarily jump out with the six points. Um, and then Kevin McCuller, 21 points, four rebounds, three assists, five steals. The five steals, just unbelievable. He just does a little bit of everything for you. He's scoring really well the past few games, which is a great sign for this team because I 
I don't know. You don't necessarily need him. I mean, it'd be great if he did to score 20 points per game the rest of the season to be successful, but you need at least 12, 13, 14 a game from him to, I think, be at your peak offensively. And the last two games, he's doing it all. He is over the last two games, 19 points per game, seven rebounds per game, two assists per game, and four and a half steals per game. That'll do. Uh, also good goat of the game, sharing the sugar. That's a saying, I think, for, I don't know, assists, passing. Uh, 24 assists for Kansas to 14 turnovers. Kansas right now ranks top 20 in the country in the rate of their makes that are made on assists. Uh, so they share the ball really well. Dewan Harris, obviously a big reason why. He's already had, Dewan has, four games this year with eight or more assists, including the Missouri game. You have to go back to 2017-18, so what would that be, six seasons ago or five seasons in between um, for the last KU player to even do that? It was Devontae Graham. He had 17 of them, so good luck for Dewan to, to get to that level or pass it. Very possible with the way that, that Dewan gets assists and everything. Uh, and then the last one, good goat, continuing the trend of a walk-on, putting the final three to kind of add the cherry on top to Mizzou. Last year, it was Chris Tehan. It got him over 102. Big cheer. This year, it was Michael Jankovic with just, I mean, purest of all swishes on the, the straight-on three that came from him. Good goats. Uh, bad goats. We actually do have two bad goats, even as good as that game was for Kansas. The first is the bench. Played 43 minutes combined, which it was really piecemeal work. You had a lot of guys getting three minutes, one minute. Um, but overall, 43 minutes from the bench, a combined nine points on three of nine shooting, five rebounds, two assists, two turnovers. They didn't really need them, so it's fine. And it didn't obviously impact the game from a negative standpoint. But it does continue a trend that we've seen all season long and something you're look to, looking to kind of overcome or see if it can turn around at some point. You're looking for people to step up. Joe Yesifu seems to have made the, the most consistent inroads there. He played 15 minutes, even in Bobby Pettiford's return. I'd imagine Pettiford will surpass Joe Yesifu soon, if not this next game in, in terms of minutes, because it was Pettiford's first game back. Um, slightly at the same position, slightly at different positions. And then we saw Cam Martin back for the first time, only played three minutes. Uh, I, th I think he had a shot blocked, but you know, first game back, but it was certainly telling that that he came in before um, Zuby Edgefer and, and Zach Clements there. I don't know if that was just a, you know, time and score situation where, hey, you're up so big. We haven't played this guy in a while. He's coming back off injury. This is a perfect opportunity to get him in there. Then if it would have been a closer game, if they would have gone with somebody they trusted more, I don't know the answer there, but certainly you're looking for you know, that, those guys kind of step up. Uh, MJ Rice and the centers have just been super inconsistent. All the centers off the bench. MJ Rice, four minutes, didn't score for you. That's just been kind of up and down with what you've gotten from him. So you need more from the bench. Didn't matter in that game, but we have seen it impact Kansas in other games, and they need more moving forward. Uh, the last bad goat, no Liberty Bowl versus Mizzou. <laughs> you know, because if, if Kansas would have lost to Missouri in basketball, and then they would have been playing them in the Liberty Bowl in football, you would be freaking out that, oh, no, this could be a, a horrid month where you lose twice to Mizzou one should each sport. But now that Kansas won in basketball, it's too bad there's no Liberty Bowl because then you could just sit there and go, man, this is, this is the cherry on top. If we beat them in football and basketball, this is one of the greatest December sports months in, in Kansas history. And uh, for, you know, if you lose the game, you can at least be like, well, at least we blew them out in basketball, right? 
So, uh, no Liberty Bowl, though. Well, well, Liberty Bowl, but no Liberty Bowl against Missouri. All right, in just a second, we're going to get on to uh, some around the college basketball front, look at some of the top 10 teams in last week's AP poll and uh, dive into that. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked on Jayhawks, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked on Jayhawks listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's why I love it. You can control the system from your smartphone app and view all the crystal clear HD security camera fees and wide range of of high tech sensors. Uh, Simply Safe was just named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Finishing things off. With the uh, AP poll, we'll have a new one out coming later. I know we had a comment on YouTube asking if we could kind of go over some of this stuff and uh, also evaluating how all the players have done to this point in the season. For that part of it, don't worry. We're going to do that uh, in between the the Harvard game and the Oklahoma State game. So after non-con play into Big 12 play, we're going to kind of reevaluate how all the different players and, and positions have done to this point. Uh, but in the AP poll, Houston was the number one team. They they lost to Alabama, a game they were up big on, and then kind of lost it away. Alabama is the ultimate team that if you want the number one team to lose, you you, you probably want Alabama to play them because they're a high-variance team. They take a lot of threes. They run fast. Very talented team, too. Um, they can have some some shooting lulls and, and have some weird games that they'll lose, but they can play up to, to kind of anyone. So they end up losing, but I still think Houston is really good. Alabama's clearly very good. Uh, Texas loses for the first time to Illinois, which we circle back to the Illinois thing. So Illinois um, lost kind of a weird one, but they've been really good against good competition. And Illinois was the team that Kansas played in the secret scrimmage. The rumor, the the supposed talk was that uh, Illinois was up by one. It was only like one half of play, and then they did a bunch of situational stuff from there. But they did say, I think Bill Self said, everything came down to like the last possession, essentially, in everything they did. So it was a very tight team. Um, but I, th- I think that's further reason to think both teams are, are kind of good between Kansas and Illinois. Um, I guess Virginia is, is probably going to be the number one team. I don't know. Maybe the, the poll will be out by the time this episode comes out. Um, but Purdue and UConn, man, UConn has been unbelievable so far. They are just blowing everyone out. They've got a really good defense. They brought in a really good transfer from East Carolina uh, where Joe Dooley was was coaching at. And um, UConn's been ultra impressive. I think I hit them at like 20, 25 to 1 to win the title or, or something, make the final four before the season started. And, and that's feeling good. But it certainly is interesting that you look at the, the top 10 right now and you have, again, it's going to shift up or, or change up a little bit after this week, but like Houston, Texas, Virginia, Purdue, UConn, that was your top five headed into the week. This is going to be a little bit more of a weird year and as much thought as there was coming into the year that, hey, all the Blue Bloods are going to be really good this year with Kansas being top 10 preseason, Kentucky, Duke, same, North Carolina preseason number one. 
North Carolina's kind of struggled so far. Kansas has been good. Um, Kentucky has, I don't know if I would quite say struggled, but they, they've definitely not looked like a top 10 team so far. And then you have Duke who kind of the same thing, like Duke's been pretty good, but have they looked like a top 10 team. No, it's been a little clunky. So this does feel like a, a pretty wide open year so far, but feels like we say that at the beginning of a lot of years. And then we get to like February and it goes one of two ways. It either goes, this is the most wide open year ever. Everybody can win it. Or it goes to, no, there, there are a handful of teams that we probably narrow it down. If you gave me a selection of five to eight people, we can probably pick the national champion. So we'll see how this one uh, goes from there. All right. That's going to do it from this edition of locked on Jayhawks. If you have anything you want the show to talk about, hit me up at D Johnson radio on Twitter or in the comment section on YouTube. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be joined by Nick Schwert, talk a little KU basketball, do another whose stat line is it anyway, a little KU football with Nick, too, ahead of the Liberty Bowl. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get any of your podcasts or on our YouTube channel with Locked on Jayhawks. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chuck Sports Talk from 3 to 6 on KLW and Lawrence later today. Till then, bye.